Hello, and welcome to the Consistent Profits Podcast, brought to you by Inside Out Trading and Brian McAvoy, where the focus is on consistency, because when you have the consistent part down, profits become easy. So this week, we've got a little bit of a different uh, podcast for you. Um, instead of me interviewing somebody else, uh, last week I talked with, uh, with Jason E., and it was a really fun interview, and a lot of good stuff came out of it, a lot of nuggets, very, you know, a lot of useful, helpful things. And so instead of me interviewing somebody else this week, and, and no, I'm not just being egotistical about it, it, it actually was a good interview, and I, I, I shared a lot of really helpful information. Um, so this week, it's Jason interviewing me. Now, it is just an audio, and so, you know, you can just put it on and let it play. Cool. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Here's, here's my interview with Jason. Hope you enjoy it. Let's, let's go ahead and get to it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Trading Ascension Podcast. I'm Jason E., and today I have a guest joining the show. We're going to absorb some trading wisdom from Brian McAvoy. Now, Brian, who resides in North Carolina, comes to us today with 25 years of trading experience and 18 years of coaching and mentoring traders. His company is Inside Out Trading. You can find them at InsideOutTrading.com. You can also find Brian on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, X, formerly known as Twitter. Um, stick around to the end. I'll make sure that everyone is uh, squared away on those handles, and we'll provide uh, a little more information on some of the incredible resources that Brian has online. Now, Brian stands on the principle and life mission of helping traders fill the skill gap that makes trading so difficult. And Brian says, once a trader is skilled up, they have the competence, confidence, and are better able to make money. Brian, welcome to the Trading Ascension Podcast. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me, man. Um, pleasure to be here. Awesome. We're excited to uh, dig into some of this this information here. Uh, but I want to start at the beginning. I, you know, I see traders as, as superheroes, right? So I want to know your origin story. How did you find trading? Um, how did you get into the industry? Maybe what you were doing before you started trading the financial markets? Uh, well, uh, this goes way back in time, <laughs> before the days of the internet, actually. Um, I got introduced to trading uh, back in the mid-90s. There was a, uh, a guy who actually got a lot of people introduced to trading by the name of Ken Roberts. And he had this excellent uh, mail campaign, like through the snail mail. And it was a letter talking about, you know, the greatest business ever. And he was talking about futures trading. And it was a great book. And, you know, of course, he had, uh, you know, the charting uh, company set up, that, you know, so you could go ahead and get started trading if you wanted to. And, and I didn't at the time, but I, I, got, the, I got the bug planted. And I, I, after a few years, I did finally wind up going ahead and start, start placing trades. And as you know, it, uh, trading, it, it just sounds so cool. And, the, you know, the, the fact that, you know, the, you can have, you know, a, a mobile business and trade wherever you want. You can trade, you know, whatever hours you want around the world and, and all, like, all that kind of stuff. The freedoms that you can enjoy with trading, it has a lot of allure. And, yeah, I got hooked just like most everybody else does. It, it can be a great business when it's going well. And, um Anyway, so I wound up, uh, I, I was, at the time, I was working as an engineer uh, for a company called Johnson Controls. And I was a project engineer, process engineer. Uh, we, it was the company, even though it was Johnson Controls, the division I was in, we made plastic beverage bottles, like for Coke and Pepsi and Gatorade and that kind of stuff. And okay. um, so 
and, and it's funny because I found a lot of a lot of people who get into trading are engineers as well. But um, anyway, I, I thoroughly enjoyed engineering and being kind of a numbers geek. Of course, financial stuff has always had you know had a, a certain appeal to me as well. Um, but I wound up in quality uh, assurance, which was really cool as a mechanical engineer, which was my degree. It was really frustrating for it's a frustrating thing for engineers in general because you know you can draw up something on paper like a great machine or a great plant or whatever, and on paper it's perfect and it will just you know be a you know fantastic or whatever it's intended to do. But as soon as you throw people in the middle of it, it's like all bets are off and and things usually you know go chaotic at, at that point. And what I loved about quality was quality is that's how you like make things work with people in the middle of. It. And so I just loved quality and I was really good at it. And, um, of course, with the advent of the Internet coming along, you know, in the uh, late 90s and, and then online trading starting, or, you know, toward the end of the 90s, or early 2000s. Um, I, that's when I got more and more involved with it and eventually you know, jumped in with both feet. And it's like, cool, yeah, I'm going to do this, you know, not quite full time. I was still working, but I, I became a very active trader. And, uh, you know, things are going pretty well and I'm trying to work out of the book and I'm working with this broker. This was back in the day when you still called your broker. Uh, but I, I, I started with thirty thousand um, dollars and I actually managed to work my account up to forty seven thousand dollars, just over forty seven grand. And I, at, at which point I got cocky and I'm like and my broker, he calls me up this one day and he's like, Brian, you know, your, your account's looking good. This, you know, this last trade doing real well, but you might want to go ahead and get out because, you know, a lot of, a lot of institutional traders, institutional traders are taking profit. And I'm like, nah, let it ride. You know, I just, I know it's going to keep going. And darn if the next day it didn't dive. And I just watched it go down from there and I did get out, but my trading went just totally in, in the toilet. Um, and I managed to sabotage my account all the way down to 1700 bucks. And it's like, okay, time to take a break. And so, um, I stepped away from it and, and the, probably the hardest thing about all that, besides what it did to me personally, probably the hardest thing out of all of it was when I finally faced my wife and told her what had happened. Cause she was, you know, she was encouraging, she was supportive and, you know, she believed in me and all this stuff. And I just totally blew it. And I told her and she was, she was pretty devastated. I mean, I almost lost my marriage over it. Fortunately I didn't, we made it through that. But I wasn't done with trading because it's like, I know I can make this work. I've, I've, I've jumped into a lot of stuff. I mean, one of the things they loved about me at Johnson Controls was I was really good at being able to jump in, in the middle of a fire, whether I was familiar with what was going on or not. But I was really good at being thrown into a fire and getting my arms around it, get it under control, and then they'd grab me and throw me into the next fire. And most of what I did for the first few years with that company out of school, I had neither the experience nor the education for. I was just really good at figuring stuff out. And so the fact that trading kicked my butt the way it did, it's like, no, I, I'm not just going to walk away beaten. And so I was talking with a friend of mine one day after I had, had taken a little bit of a break. And she said to me, it's like, well, Brian, you know, with the way you're explaining things to me, it's like, you know, you're really good at your job and, you know, making everything work, you know, at the plant. And, you know, especially as the quality manager, your plant runs really well. She goes, why don't you figure out a way to take what you're doing at the plant in your job and apply it to your trading? And I was like, wow, that makes total sense because, and the more I thought about it, it's like this, oh my God. And, and, and I did it and it worked amazingly well. But the thing is, the cool thing about quality assurance, because it's, well, I mean, consistent performance, consistent results is like the big challenge for everybody in trading. 
But what a lot of traders don't realize, and I didn't realize until I, until that light bulb went off for me, is all businesses struggle with consistency. I mean, think about it. If you got a say, you got a, a you know a company with a hundred or a thousand people in it, you can't just have everybody running or you know running around doing whatever they feel like and however they feel like it. You have to you have to have consistency, or your costs just kill you. And so consistency has been a big deal, and that's why quality assurance became a whole industry in and of itself back in the 70s because there were so many businesses that were just struggling you know the the inconsistencies in their business were killing their profits and so like japan is a great example one of my favorite stories is how the japanese car companies back in the 70s you know everybody you know they thought datsun you know back then it was datsun before it was nissan we had honda and datsun and mitsubishi and toyota and they were cute cheap little cars and everybody liked them because they, they were cute and they got good mileage, but they were crappy little cars. It's like if they make it to 100,000 miles, amazing. And, and even if they do, they're probably going to rust out and the body's going to fall off of them at about 80,000 miles. But, and they were cute, cheap little cars. And the, the Japanese just got really tired of having that reputation and they were struggling to make money. And so they hired um, uh, Edwards Deming, uh, Edward Deming to come over there. He was a quality guru uh, uh, and an engineer. And they hired him to come over there and he taught him and really founded the whole industry of quality assurance. But he, but he taught him about, you know, process control and how by investing, you know, in good materials and in good equipment and good design and training your employees and focusing on the process, how all these things, they, they might have costs up front, but by having, you know, good materials to work with and trained people in a solid, steady process, and getting that consistency and, and like I said, just good process control is so profitable because you eliminate so many other huge costs. And, and, and so like the foundation of quality assurance is consistent output. And, and it's cool because everybody's heard of quality control, you know, where and if you ever worked in manufacturing, it's like, you know, where you're making whatever widgets and they go down the line and you have inspectors standing on a line picking off bad product, hoping to, you know, hopefully keeping it from getting out the door. That was quality control. Well, quality assurance is a complete change of mind. Quality assurance says, no, we're going to focus on the process and make sure that the process is so stable that we know we're making good product. And we just have to check it every now and then downstream just for some feedback, just you know, in case we need to adjust the process. But otherwise, we can just focus on the process and we know what we're doing. And so, and it's not just with machines, it's with people too, though. It's like, how do you take an activity that might be performed by a hundred people in your company. How do we take that activity and make it so that everybody's doing it the best way to do it, you know, according to best practices and everybody's doing it and they're doing it right consistently across all the people and over time and maybe even across locations and stuff. And so that's really, like I said, the foundation of quality. It's like, how do we take an activity and make it super consistent so that we know that we're getting good output out of it? And when I applied what I had been doing in my quality stuff to my trading, it was like, man, oh, my God, now it's so easy and it's so settled down and I'm not stressed about, you know, am I going to make money this month or not? And it, and it's just it's like this is how you actually get a handle on trading because you get it dialed in what you're doing and then you make it so consistent that you know what, they, what to expect from it realistically, not hopefully. And it's uh, so anyway, long, you know, that's the, the long version of my origin story. But it's, it's so cool because so many people think, you know, I've got a good strategy. I just can't seem to stick to it. And so the problem must be me. And they're thinking they've got some psychological issue. 
And when I first started with other traders, it was like, you know, I'm talking to these people and it's like, you don't have psychological issues. You have lack of training issues. You're, you're trying to do a job you're not prepared for. And so no wonder it's rough. So let's let's take a process. Let me teach you this, you know, what, what I use to settle my trading down. And I teach it to them. And they're like, cool. And they get settled down and they're calm and their psychological issues fall away. They stop hesitating. They stop chasing trades and they're making money. And it's like and it turns into an experience very like, you know, their regular job and same for everybody else. And that's one of the best things about it is you don't have to fight with the psychological issues. You try to figure out what's wrong with you. It's like, no, you just take care of the competence part of it. And everything gets easy from that point, especially the psychology of it. Wow. That, that, and that's great. And so before we move on, because there's a, a lot to unpack there, I just want to talk a little bit more about some of those overlaps from your corporate work. Um, I'm super interested in the skill sets that we bring to trading and not a lot of skills are transferable, but it sounds like um, quality assurance as opposed to you know, quality control was something that really gave a foundation for your trading. So um, process control, you mentioned, of course, there's systems um, where as traders, you're trading by yourself. So there's really no good people aspect. But can you elaborate on some of the quality um, assurance um, factors that led to you being a successful trader? Oh, yeah. Well, and, and actually, I'm glad you mentioned systems because um, there, well, system is just one of the terms in trading. There's so many words in, in the trading space that get thrown around and they're oftentimes confused or they're misused. Um, and system really is one of them. A lot of people think if I have a strategy, I have a system. And now, this, again, this comes from the quality perspective. Just because you have a strategy doesn't mean you have a system. Your strategy is how you're going, how you intend to get in and out of the markets and make money. Uh, for example, you know, maybe you know, with a moving average crossover, you know, when I see the moving average cross, you know, then I'll, I'll get in when the price gets to a certain point, place my entry and place my stop and my profit target, and that's your strategy. What your system is, how you're going to do that, how you're going to execute that strategy consistently 500 or a thousand times and they are not necessarily the same usually they're not uh, and there's like i said there's a big distinction there a lot of, a lot of people will say oh yeah i got a system and it's like what is it well you know it's like you know I'll get in at the beginning of the trend and i'll get out at you know at the end of it it's like no that's your strategy how are you going to repeat that you know a hundred times so that you right. do it consistently right. and you know what what to expect and it actually gets to a point where it's so repeatable that it's measurable and that's one of the big things, again, coming from quality. It's like, okay, first thing we have to do before we worry about any kind of is it profitable or not, first thing we have to do is establish that consistency. Because if your process is all over the place, it doesn't matter if you're running a machine or you're, you know, it's with people. If the process is all over the place, you're going to get inconsistent results, period. It's just by the nature of it because you, you don't have that consistency. But once you get that consistency right. done, now, now you can adjust it and make it more profitable. And, yeah. and that really, that's the, that's the goal with trading is, you know, everybody says, I want consistent profits. So you, you want to, you want consistent profits so that you can, you know, kind of look ahead and say, I know what to expect. And that really is the whole point. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so one thing there, before we get too far away from one of the last things you said, um, as far as a system, um, mm -hmm. from this perspective, 
is the act of improving part of that system as well? Is that included in the system, the act of, of you know, the, I guess that would be the quality control part, the act of improving and, and making a better outcome. Is that part of the system or do you see that as something separate um, in the trading process? Um, well, as far as uh, making a, a system better, there, well, there are two stages to having a system. You have the, the initial part where, you know, you're just saying, this is my idea and, you know, this is how I'm going to deploy this strategy into the markets. So I'm going to take it to the markets and trade with it. So that has a process all by itself. And then once you, you know, once you're trading with it, yeah, as far as, you know, if there's a change in, the, you know, maybe in the marketplace or, you know, there's a, a big change in economic mood that affects the way your, you know, your system performs and you want to make adjustments to the, to your system once you already have it in place and it's been already been fully deployed. But kind of like, just like with a business, you go through a startup phase there, or there's a, 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 a cycle or a process for launching a business. There's a certain process to properly deploy a trading strategy that a lot of people ignore. Um, like I said, what, I mean, what, what the common mistake that a lot of traders make is, you know, they'll, they'll hear about something, you know, on a podcast or, you know, YouTube video and they're like, oh, that's a cool sounding strategy. And so they'll just take it and immediately go start trading with it because, you know, they watch some guy trade it for a day or a week or whatever. And, and, and then, you know, they try it and they don't make money with it. And then they're like, oh, the guy's, a, you know, he's a scammer. He must be lying. And the thing is, there's, there's a certain process to it. And the first thing you got to do is, you know, just plain, you know, again, establish that consistency. Just, you know, have a good process to start with. And that's where my part of where my quality background came into place or came into play was being able to define a process. Uh, one of Deming's famous quotes is, if you, don't, if you can't define what you're doing as a process, then you don't know what you're doing. And he was speaking to the business world then, but it applies totally with traders. So I've had a lot of people come to me and they're like, yeah, here's my system. And I'm looking at it. It's like, dude, you might as well just say buy low, you know, buy, buy low sell high, because that's about <laughs> as clear as your system is. <laughs> it's like sure if you can do that consistently you, you know you're gonna make money but it's like it's so it's so vague what you've got here i mean so clarity is one of the first things um that you got to do clarity yeah huge seriously you'd be amazed how many traders well even just plain having a proper understanding of what you're working with a lot of traders are working with indicators or strategies that they honestly don't fully understand uh, they'll be working with indicators and they, they honestly don't know what that indicator is truly telling them and what it's not. They just, they, they, you know, they've seen it used and it's like, oh, okay. So, so long, you know, when it gets up here, then I do this or it gets down there and I do that. But they don't know how to look at it and actually understand it. And then when it's not performing, then they don't know what to do. Then they're just kind of playing with stuff. Um, wow. So the very first thing, and I tell this to every trader, is first thing you want to do is make sure as a, like a core skill, just make sure you know all the words that you're using and you're hearing in, you know, whoever you're reading and you're following, don't let misunderstood words pass you by. If you're, you know, if you're placing puts and calls, make sure you know what the heck they are. I, I had this one gal, she calls me up one day. She'd been, her, her main strategy was options and she was buying calls and, and selling puts. And she honestly didn't even know what she was doing. She couldn't explain it to me what a put was. In oh, wow. any after what it was, she's like, I don't know. I just click the buttons. I'm like, serious. <laughs> and that that was her answer. And I, you know, I didn't give her a hard time about it. Just the, the you know where she had learned to trade. It was some three day weekend boot camp that she signed signed up for at a local hotel. 
Um, and, you know, they sold everybody on this thing. And it's like, sure, come in and trade and we'll sit you down. And, you know, here, yeah, when it gets up there, you click this button. And when it goes over there, you click that button. And they were just taught, you know, to be a little robotic monkey. And it's like, no, you can't just do that with people. If you're going to put money at risk, you need to understand what you're working with. And that, you know, it starts with understanding how the markets work, how your platform works, and just the words. Um, If, you know, if you don't know, I mean, and a lot of words get very confused. Um, I can ask 10 different people, you know, how do you define a trend? You know, so that, you know, say they're trend followers. It's like, okay, how do you define a trend? I can get 10 different answers. Same thing with words like support and resistance, Um, you know, zone or area. Or, you know, close and near and all that kind of, all those subjective words. If that's part of your rules, you are, you're, you're by nature building inconsistency into your result. Mm, okay. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm glad you said that last part because I, I want to elaborate on, on building inconsistency into it. Um, you're hitting on clarity and it's something that me personally was a, a game changer once I understood how much clarity and how in-depth I could be with understanding um, when I did research on it, Brian, the only thing that I could find was um, research on the harmful effects of ambiguity to the human brain and how it's uh, a lot more difficult to be confident, to deploy a strategy when you have uh, ambiguity. So based on what you just said, what are some of the benefits of clarity and why would a trader listening? Because that example you gave, hey, I just hit the button. It says put or call. It's it's rampant. I see it a lot. Um, what are some of the benefits of clarity? Why should a trader seek clarity um, in their craft? Well, um, again, kind of going back to the basics of it, um, you know, you're, you're well, let's let's step back and, and to, again, conceptual things, you know, with words um, and, and making sure that, you know, you've got a useful context for it. A, a couple of questions that I like asking traders and I'll go and ask you. It's like, OK, what is trading in like 10 words or less? What is trading? Um, I would say the exchange of goods and services in a in a marketplace. Okay, fair enough. Um, and a lot of times, you know, that I'll get an answer similar to that. You know, yeah, it's buying and selling securities. Uh, you know, for profit, or you know, it's, it's we're using our edge. Um, and so the next question is, what is a trading system? Um, so I define a trading system as the entire business process. So that includes a trading strategy, um, which moves into a trading plan. Um, and then the system is adding to that plan um, a way to uh, do what you mentioned earlier, like the quality control and the quality assurance. So the full circle, how I get into the trade all the way to how I analyze that trade uh, once it's complete at the end of the week is is how we kind of define the trading system here. Oh, okay. Okay. And, and that's a very, that's a perfectly valid uh, perspective. Uh, a lot of times when I ask traders, you know, what is a trading system? They'll say, well, you know, it's my rules or it's my rules and my indicators. And they're, they're looking at it on more focused uh, scope than you are. Uh, but again, you know, it's, it is a valid perspective, but from a, 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 you know, a process perspective and being able to repeat it over and over again, again, from kind of a quality assurance uh, standpoint, first of all, trading is in its essence, it's a decision-making process. Okay. All we're really doing when we're trading is we're taking in information, we evaluate it against certain criteria, and then we make decisions based on that, you know, whatever comes out of that evaluation. And then we move to the next decision point. But it's it really is just a series of decisions we're making. 
based on available information. It's not a physical activity aside from clicking buttons or put, you know playing on our keyboard. Other than that, it's it's, that. Really just, it's a mental activity of a series of, of making decisions, and that's what trading is in its essence. Now, in a trading system, rather than um, you know looking at it as indicators and uh, you know rules, again, those are valid perspectives. But from a useful perspective, it's what you do. It, your system is what you do when you trade. It's those series of steps that you play that you go through as you're going through the decision making process. Mm, okay. And the reason you want clarity on it, it, and the reason so many traders get bunged up and they get really just hacked off when they buy a, a system from somebody else and it doesn't work or it's difficult to trade or you know the results are totally different from what you know the the, the guy that sold it to them got. Um. The reason they're frustrated is because without without the clarity, again, it's not repeatable. Um, and so, it, again, if you're trying to do something over and over again, well, all right, here's here's a perfect example. Um, when I was in the plant uh, where, where I worked, now the last one was in, in South Carolina. I had worked a couple different plants while I was with the company. Uh, the last one was in, in South Carolina. And the plant manager, he was real big on quality. And he says, you know, we're going to do things. This is going to be a world-class place. We're going to, everybody's going to do things according to best practices. And everything's going to be documented so that we, so that everybody's doing the job right. And so he's got, in each of the departments, he's got, you know, the, the kind of the technical gurus, you know, writing all the work instructions and procedures for everything. And, um, and so, you know, we got a ton of stuff documented. We even had a guy, his full-time job was just managing the document system. And we, one of our customers, Pepsi, that was our biggest customer, one of their requirements for their vendors was to have a quality audit by a by an you know, external auditor to come in and review our quality systems and make sure that we were following all our quality procedures and so we can deliver them good bottles. And the first audit, she you know, she comes in, she looks through our quality manual and she's out on the floor and she's talking to operators and mechanics and uh, forklift drivers and everybody. And we did actually very poorly on our first quality audit. And, and she said the main reason was, it's like, you guys do good work, but nobody's following the procedures. And we're like, are you kidding? We, we spent all this time writing all these procedures, you know, the best way to do the job. She goes, yeah, and everybody's doing okay, but they're not, they're not following your documents. It's like, okay, fine. And so we all, you know, we, got, we all got together and we're like, okay, how can we fix this? And I said, well, the main problem is, and I should have caught this before, we're not testing the documents. And so we developed a, a new procedure for documenting activities. And we established a rule that anytime we would write a, a, a procedure for a new activity or a, a new procedure for an existing activity, anyway, uh, it wasn't documented. What we would do is we would write it up and then you would take somebody in the plant that worked there. So you didn't have to explain everything to them, but they didn't know that job. And you hand them the work instruction and say, all right, now go do this and I'm going to be with you. And if you have any questions, um, you know, ask. And if they had any questions or they weren't able to do the job right, then I had to go back and fix the document and then test it again. And only when I could hand it to somebody and they could go do the job and do it right without asking any questions, then it was considered an official document and we put it in the, in the quality manual. Well, the next year when a gal came through, we, we aced it. We just, I mean, we passed with flying colors because now we had good documents that people actually followed. The problem was we had guys who were smart and they knew, how, you know, they knew how to do a good job. But they didn't know how to document it for other people to do. 
Mm. And so by using this rule, and I found, and again, this is something that I teach traders. It's like when you're documenting your system, you know, what you do when you're trading, your method, you want to document it and you want to get it to the point where you could hand it to somebody else and they could trade it without having to ask you any questions and they could do it right. And that's really a great kind of measuring stick on how well your system is documented. Could you hand it to somebody else and it's clear enough and complete enough? That, yeah, somebody else could do it exactly the way you want it done and they can do it properly. That's when you've got a process that's going to be consistent. Wow. You know, I, I, I like that because it gives a very clear target on what traders should, should seek and strive for as far as reaching clarity there. So documentation yep. is importing, uh, important. Um, systems have been clearly defined. Um, there's another word that's kind of wrapped up in here that I want you to define for us as well. Um, you had stated to me, Brian, that consistency is key and it goes beyond strategy and psychology while affecting both. Can you define mm -hmm. Uh, consistency in this field and how it affects both strategy and psychology. Well, again, the consistency is um, it just in, in the consistent execution. Uh, you know, are are you are you following this the strategy consistently? Where so many traders run into trouble is they'll have a decent strategy, but their execution is very inconsistent. And, and, it, and it usually comes back to the, you know, the documenting part of it and defining their process. Um, again, because if you've got a good strategy, you want to be able to execute it over and over and over. And ideally, if it's a good strategy that makes money, you want to be able to execute it hundreds or maybe even thousands of times. If it's a moneymaker, you want to be able to you want to be able to execute that as many times as you can. But you got to be able to execute it consistently. And so where a lot of traders uh, run into trouble is they've got a good idea, but their execution, again, it's all over the place because they're, well, just in general, uh, one thing I found years ago uh, after my quality experience and when I was focused specifically on trading, it's like, okay, what are, what are the different characteristics that make for a good, you know, trading system? And when I listed them a lot, there were, there were 11 and I've, I've already covered a few of them here, you know, clarity and, and completeness, um, but there are 11 different characteristics. And the thing is, if, if you're missing any of these characteristics, the the execution will get inconsistent. And completeness is, is a big deal. Let, let's say, and, and this is a real common problem for uh, trading systems that people sell and, you know, other people buy and they, they try it. And then, um, you know, they, they go to execute the, the system. They go to, you know, take it to the market, start trading with it. And they're not getting consistent results or they're, you know, they're, they're, they're finding that it's uncomfortable to trade. Well, one of the problems with that is that there's flaws in the process, the way it's defined and documented. Uh, I ran into this uh, back in, I think it was around 2009. Uh, I, I, for whatever reason, I had a number of people coming to me and hesitancy was like the big thing. It's like everybody's just fighting hesitation. One guy, <laughs> it was funny. One guy, he, he actually was tracking it. <laughs> he, he, was, he was journaling and he said, yeah. He says, over the last month, I've, I've hesitated on roughly 80% of my trades. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, a, that's quite the stand. I've got to get past it. It's killing me. It's like, all right. And anyway, so um, this one day, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the phone with, uh, with this one guy. I'm talking with him, and, and we're exploring these different reasons why he might be hesitating. And the, the thought came to mind. It's like, well, just, just walk me through your system. Talk me through your system. He's like, Okay, I thought we were talking psychology. I'm like, I know. Well, let's take a little break from that. Let's go through your system. 
And so he starts talking me through it. And, and just with the notion of, you know, yeah, you know, I get to tell somebody about my system. It's like his energy picked up and he's all excited and everything. And he, we start into it and it didn't take that long. And now he's, you can hear the energy in his voice change and he's getting a little frustrated. And I'm like, oh, okay. And okay, so keep going. And, and then he's all pumped up again. And we, do we get a little further through it? And he's, he's explaining it to me. And at another point it gets, he gets kind of, you know, uptight again. And it's like, dude, your problem is not with you and hesitating. You've got some functional problems in your system, the way it's documented. You got, you got some gaps here where you're running into situations where, you know, the trade goes this way and you don't know what to do because okay. you haven't defined it. And so now you're sitting there and your brain is, is used to having this process to follow. And now it's center saying, I don't know what to do. And so that's an open door for your emotions to come in and help you decide what to do. And, and that's a big problem. Um, well, the other part of it is as far as the having a, a good process to find and the consistency um, and removing subjectivity from things is if you have something and it's subjectively defined or it's poorly defined in your in your process, the problem with that is that that subjectivity means it's subject to interpretation. And again, going back to subjective words like zone or you know area or you know strong trend or something, you know, like traders will have you know those that kind of verbiage in their system. You know, it's like if the trend is strong, this makes for a really good setup. And that's how they actually have it, you know, written down, if they have it written down. And the problem is, if you're feeling good, because the last few days have been good, you got laid last night, and, you know, it's, you know, it's your birthday, and you're just, man, you're, you're feeling top of the world today, you're going to interpret what you see differently than if you're looking at the same thing, but you've been having a rough couple of days. You just got over a cold, your wife's mad at you, the dog crapped on the carpet, and it's like, and, and you're looking at the same chart and it's like, oh, no, it's and you're going to interpret it entirely differently and you're going to respond differently to it. Right. And that's the problem with subjective terms or lack of clarity is now things are subject to interpretation depending on how you feel. And that is not going to yield consistent results. And the more inconsistent it is or the more subject to interpretation things are, the less likely you are to get consistent, predictable results. I get that. And so um, on that note, as far as consistency, I have another question that's kind of popping up here. Um, and maybe I'm asking the wrong question. So if it, if it comes across, maybe you can you can correct the question in itself. But consistency seems to be the goal, but it's also the means, right? It's the path to getting to our goals. Um, I found that data helps with consistency, right? If you're able to get data and you can trust your system, then you're, you're more likely to follow it. Um, what are some keys to consistency without data? Maybe they're a new trader, maybe they, and hopefully they didn't uh, system swap, but <laughs> maybe they're trying a new system. Um, what are some keys to being consistent without the data that knows that this is going to work and actually following the rules that are defined clearly, even if they are defined clearly on paper? Well, uh, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of traders they want to they want to do that. They they want the confidence. They they want to trust the system without the data, and it, it just doesn't work that way. Um, that's like, I mean, it just it, it doesn't. And from a quality perspective, um, that's why in, in quality assurance and really anything engineering wise. Like if you, if you go buy a car, would you go buy a car? Let's say, let's say it's, you know, a used car, new car, whatever. 
would you buy that car without ever test driving it or hearing it, you know, turned on with just, just looking at it? Yeah, definitely not. Probably not. And so now would you necessarily, you know, just hop in and immediately head out on the highway and, you know, run it up to 75, 80 miles an hour? Well, probably not. You start off you know, driving around the parking lot, get the feel for the brakes and the steering, the controls, the shift. Then you go out on the street, you work, you kind of work your way up to the highway. You collect data. Um, and trading, that's why it is so super critical that before you ever risk money with a trading strategy, that you backtest it and at least establish a baseline measure of how good it is. You, you, you got to have the numbers because otherwise you're just hoping, you're just guessing. And you can't do that. You can't have confidence in something where you're just hoping. Confidence has to be founded on something. Yeah, otherwise, it has to be based on something. Yeah, otherwise it's just hope. Yeah, <laughs> I got if, that. If it's not based on anything, it, it's not confidence. It's it's hope. And yeah, that's no way to treat your money. You don't want to be putting your money out there without having some reason, some good evidence that what you're going to do is going to work. Yeah, makes total sense. And so all of this is, it's a process, right? And it's a path. And, you know, reading your material, talking with you, you allude to other paths that traders can take opposed to learning through trial and error, which is kind of the, you know, as you put the, the long, hard, expensive road. Can you talk about the other paths to success and, and, and their benefits as opposed to just trial and error? Well, um, yeah, there are a couple of different paths and they, they each have their trade-offs. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people that get into trading, they totally forget, you know, other things that, they, that have brought them success in their life. Uh, like for people my age, you know, where the standard, uh, you know, approach to adult, adulthood was, you know, you go through high school, you go to college and, you know, that prepares you for a decent job and you get a, a decent job with a good company. Um, but the, the key thing in all that is at some point you want to educate yourself so that you're worth more after college than if you just came straight out of high school. And so like most everybody in my generation, it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm going to set aside four years of my life and, you know, several thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars to go pay for a college education. And then I'll come out of the other side and now I'm more valuable in, in the adult workplace. Um, unfortunately with a lot of traders or people that get into trading, they approach it entirely differently. They're like, well, I've got Reddit and I've got YouTube over here and I'll just, you know, I'll just go over here and I'll just learn over here. And you can, and there is a certain amount of success that you can get from that. And it, it will have a certain amount of helpfulness to it, but it really isn't the same as working with somebody where they have a very, very specific training curriculum where it's outlined, okay, this, you know, this is intended to, uh, you know, have this outcome for you. When you're done with this, you're going to have this specific skill set and these abilities. And that's what you're paying for. It's going to kind of like trade school, um, uh, more so for trading, because trading doesn't require a four-year degree. The sad part of it is so many people, they get into it and they're just, for whatever reason, it's like they won't even buy a book. They won't spend 20 bucks to buy a book. It, it, because it's like, I just, I don't want to, you know, there's so much free information. I don't, I don't want to spend any money. I'll just figure it out. And so they'll invest tons of their own time and go through tons of opportunity costs to learn kind of a pseudo trial and error. They're not totally on their own, 
but they're also still not really engaging somebody who has a good curriculum set up for them that says, yeah, I can get you from A to B and here's the steps. And when you come out, this is, this is what will be the result. They're just kind of flying by the seat of their pants and they'll follow this guy for one, you know, for, for this one, or this channel for a little while and this podcast for a little while. And they do a lot of jumping around and they learn a lot. You know, you get a nice broad exposure to knowledge, but is it a good focused, you know, training so that you're developing the skill set, not just collecting a lot of information. So that's one path. And that's a really common path. Um, another path that some people do is they'll just buy a bunch of trading systems. And, you know, they'll, they'll sit on a webinar and buy, you know, a $1,500 or $3,000, $5,000 trading system. And they'll learn how to use that trading system. And hopefully it's worth a hoot. A lot of times not. Um, and, and, and they still haven't learned how to be a trader and how to manage themselves. I mean, one of the favorite questions to ask people when they come to me is, you know, for help is, have you ever run your own business before? And if they say no, then that tells me that they actually have two learning curves, at least two learning curves to go through. Because if you've only, if you've never run your own business and, it, and, and you've only had jobs, you know what it's like to be in the working world as an employee, but you don't know what it's like to run the business. And it Big takes difference. a different it takes a different mindset and perspectives and skill set to run a business. And when you're trying to trade, you're running a business. A lot of people think, no, it's not a business. I'm trading. It's like, sure it is. If you're buying, if you're any financial activity that you're engaged in on a regular basis is a business. It doesn't matter if you're trading or you're, you know, you got a lemonade stand or you're, you know, you're selling, you know, uh, you know, uh, FNGs online or, you know, you got a Shopify store or an Amazon store, whatever. Anything you're doing on a regular basis, it's a business. And the, if you just look at it as something I'm doing to make money, then you're going to have a very sloppy business, and it may or may not make money. The more the more you treat it like a business and you say, all right, well, I'm going to put a, put together a plan for my business. This is my intention. This is what I'm going to need, you know, talent-wise, skill-wise for it to work. These are my financial goals. These are going to be the requirements. And you lay out a plan for it, like anybody who's serious about a business is, and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be a 50-page business you know, plan, but at least a plan for the business, then at least that gives you that much of an edge. But if you just jump into it, it's like, I'm going to make some money, don't expect consistent results because you're going into it just totally wide open. And you're not giving yourself any parameters, any goals, any any paths to, you know, to start with. And it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to start going. And it's like, I'll figure it out as I go. And you can do that. But again, that, that often is a long and windy road that has a lot of pitfalls along the way. Um, the shortest way to do it is if you want, you know, if there's something specific you want to learn, there are some good educators in the trading space. I've had a good, a good fortune over, over my years to uh, get to know quite a few of them. And they've got their heart in the right place and they do have the knowledge and the expertise and the success to share with you and they've got their own perspectives and that's cool. One of the best things you can do is get, you know, go in and connect with a mentor and, and learn directly from them where you can interact with them. And that way you can ask them questions. They can give you guidance. They can critique what you're doing. They can tell you what to focus on, what to ignore, what to prioritize, what to let go of and all that kind of stuff. And they can save you years of headaches. You'd be amazed how many people will trade for five, 10, 15 years trying to do it all on their own and never get to success. Wow. It's amazing how long, how much of their own lives they will, they will, you know, put into it 
and and it's like they just refuse to get help. And it's like that's one of the biggest things. That was one of my my biggest lessons my first year of trading is I was sitting there trying to learn largely on my own and for my broker who didn't care. But I was trying to learn basically on my own. It's like I didn't know what I was doing. So who in the hell am I to train myself? Yeah, you know? that's good awareness. <laughs> and and so I, I, I want, well, no, the big lesson I learned was it's like, even though I'm, I am a fairly smart guy, it's like, I, I don't know trade. I didn't know trading. And I, and as a, as an individual, if I'm learning for myself, I don't know what I don't know. And I can't see what I can't see. So I am my own, I'm my own limitation. Right. And until I talk to somebody else that, that can see what I can't see and they know things I don't know, I may or may not ever figure them out. And the markets aren't going to tell you. The markets just slap you and keep taking your money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is, it's fresh on my mind. I was just talking with a friend who's an entrepreneur and he had the ability to outsource a certain portion of his business, but he didn't want to. He's like, I'm just going to learn it all myself. And it's amazing because you you had mentioned this. It's amazing how enticing that that renegade path is. So I'm personally thankful for individuals like yourself and companies that are really helping people out, uh, which leads me to my, my next question. It's a two-part question. Um, how did you come up with the name Inside Out Trading and what pulled you into coaching from just your, your trading career? Um, well, uh, as far as the in, Inside Out Trading, it actually uh, came from <laughs> um, one, one of the other reasons that, I, well, the, the main reason I wound up helping other traders um, at one point, I was uh, after I had left the manufacturing world, I was on my own. I was uh, going to start a uh, mortgage company, and so I had run an ad for loan originators. So I was looking to hire a couple of them, and this one gal who came to interview, uh, she said that she had just gotten her certification as a life coach, and I'm thinking, well, that's pretty cool. I, I didn't know that they had certifications for that kind of stuff. She goes, oh yeah, you know, I got it from the school over in New York, and I'm like, they got schools for that? She goes, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And she goes, yeah, and my, my specialization is emotional intelligence. And I'm like, oh, that is so cool because I've been through that training on my, you know, my corporate job, the emotional intelligence for managers in the workplace. And so we wound up just mostly talking about that. And so I said, all right, so, you know, how do you, how do you get your clients, you know, for the emotion, emotional intelligence coaching? And she goes, well, you know, you know, like you did, you know, the corporate thing. And I'm like, really? They didn't give me anything else? And I'm like, he goes, yeah. And I'm like, God, that sucks because corporations just love abusing vendors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you really need to be over here in the trading world because you got so many people and they're struggling keeping their emotions under control. And, and they're just taking a beating financially because of it. You need to, you know, come up, you, you should be over here helping the traders of the world. And she goes, oh, that makes sense, but I don't know anything about trading. And so she and I talked about and, and actually set everything in motion to start a company where I was going to help her customize the coaching for traders. And she had a partner that she was working with another coach. So I was going to teach them how to customize it for traders and they would do the coaching. And then I would also, you know, introduce them to like the trading world and, and help them, you know, but anyway, we, we decided to start a business together. And the main thing was, it's like, uh, and the reason I kept it after that little venture was, um, because, you know, inside out, because it really, with an occupation like trading, your success comes from the inside out. It, it's You're going to have to fix your issues, internal issues, um, before you'll see success on the outside. 
And anyway, the company that we were going to start together was called, uh, we were going to call it Inside Out Global. And we got clear up to the day, literally the day that we're going to open the doors. Got the papers filed with the state, got our tax ID, got the bank accounts. We're ready to go live. And she and her partner got cold feet. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) And then I'm like, fine. I I love trading. I, I, I know the coaching. I'll just do it myself. And it's like, cool. And so I wound up closing up the, the mortgage business and just pursued helping traders. And I'm totally glad that I did because the way things were going with the mortgage industry, it's like perfect timing for that. And working with traders, there are a lot of good people in, in the trading space. And there's a lot of bad help in the trading space. There, and there's, there is some good help, uh, but not nearly enough. Um, and so... I've been really, and it's really gratifying because a lot of people that get into trading, they're good people and they're sincere people. They want to do good things with their trading. You know, it's like they, they're not, they're not just greedy. You know, I just want to get rich and that kind of stuff. Most of the people that get into trading, you know, they got a, a church they want to support or they got a, you know, a spouse or a family that they want to support and, and provide a good lifestyle and, you know, some financial security. And so, you know, for, to work with somebody who's been struggling for a little while, or maybe they're brand new and they just want to make sure they do it right. To, to give them the skill set so that, yeah, they're good. They, they can stand on their own two feet and they'll be okay is tremendously gratifying. So long yeah. answer to your question. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's a great answer. And I know another thing that the, the business does is you said you help uh, traders by filling the skill gap. Can you tell us a little bit about what that skill gap is and maybe just in general how you bridge the gap? Well, um, two, like I said, primarily two skill gaps. Uh, as a trader, as an independent trader, you have two primary roles. You have that of the investor slash owner slash manager of the business. Again, because it is a business, it, it is a, a financial operation um, and it needs to be organized and properly planned out and properly managed uh, to be a good, healthy business that provides the way you want it to with that financial security. So you really need to have that higher level um, role and skill set. Um, and I've got a course called Trading as Your Business that walks you through understanding those roles and the perspectives and the skill sets that go with them. And then I also uh, I spend a lot of time coaching people um, on just how to be a trader. And like I said, you know, talking about the skill set of and the like I said, there's a handful of them, but how to be able to, you know, first of all, choose the right strategy for you. Actually, before you even get to the strategy of it, again, with the business side, just kind of getting clear on your operation and what you're trying to accomplish and what your goals are. Then once you got some of those parameters figured out, choosing the right strategy, building a proper system on it, testing it properly before you take it to the market and risk money with it. And so that is the set, the second skill set that I focus on is, okay, yeah, this is how you choose the right strategy. This is how you define it and document it. This is how you build a consistency with it. This is how you build a confidence in it and prove it out properly so that before you ever risk money with it and you go to the markets and you know, you're solid and you know that you're likely to make money just because you've, you've provided proof by your own hands and you've developed the skills to know that you're solid. You're, you're, you're not stressing and it's not a big emotional ride. It's not, you know, you're not fighting all these psychological issues because you know what you're doing. I mean, one of the biggest things I learned, and this was true after I realized it with traders, and I realized it's true all the way, I've seen it in tons of other places in, in life. If you take a person of reasonable intelligence and you throw them into something that's challenging and requires skills that they don't have and they don't have previous experience that can transfer, it's going to be rough. Even if they're pretty smart, it's going to be rough. 
it's going to be stressful. You're probably not going to do very well. And it's almost impossible for it not to be an emotional experience. But if you take that same person and you give them the proper training and preparation, then you put them in that position, they'll do fine. They'll just go do their thing. You know, there might be some excitement from the eagerness, but that's about it. Other than that, they'll be very emotionally settled down and, and they're not fearful. They're not fighting it. All the, like I said, there's none of the psychological issues. And so many people, you know, so many people think trading is inherently this, you know, hugely emotional, you know, occupation. It's not when you're doing it right. I mean, what, what, what jobs have you, what jobs have you had in your life that you would say are reasonably sophisticated or, you know, challenging jobs? Um, so mentally or physically? Mentally. Um, mentally challenging. Uh, you know, I, I think learning the insurance business was, was pretty challenging. It was one of my oh, yeah. first businesses out of college. Yeah. Okay. So with, with the insurance business, you know, when you, when you got a handle on it, when you went through the training, cause to, in order to sell insurance, you got your, what was it? Series six, series, uh, series seven. Um, it was a six and a 63, um, got the six, <laughs> didn't, didn't move on to the other ones, but yeah, just okay. general training outside of that. Um, and also just the state insurance, um, uh, license. Okay. But after you went through the training and you knew what to do, you understood, you know, you, you understood all the intricacies of the job. Right. Was it really that right. tough? No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, you go to work, you know, some days are better than others, but you know, and, and you know, the good days, it's like cool. And the rough days, it's like, yeah, you know, no big deal. You, you know, you clock out at the end of the day, you go home and relax and, and you live your life. Right. Trading yeah. when it's done right is the same way. It's not this big emotional ride and, you know, oh my God, you know, I'll just click the button. It's like a shot of heroin. It's like, no, if you're doing <laughs> it right and you have the competence and you've, you've developed the experience, good experience with it, it's no different than your, than your insurance job. And I guarantee you understanding the insurance world and being able to deal with all the complexity to go with that is a whole lot tougher than trading. Mm. And if, okay. if you get, if you could get, if, you know, if you could get to that point with, with insurance, yeah, you can get there with, with trading. And again, it won't be any more difficult from an emotional or psychological standpoint. So this is huge. I, I want to, let me just kind of repeat this back. Cause I think this is a huge takeaway here. Um, you're talking about getting rid of psychology issues and it's, I got a lot on this that I, I wrote down here, but this just come uh, came up from what you said. So you mentioned doing it right, competence and experience. And we're talking here about getting rid of one of the biggest foes to traders. Um, and we'll talk about the misidentification of, you know, psychology issues in just a second. But you mentioned doing it right, competence and experience. Um, are those the factors that lower psychology issues or is there anything else on that list? Um, those are the primary ones. Um, when you, when you say lower the psychology issues, as far as, yeah, as far as resolving them. Yeah. Um, now understand a couple of things that traders do, they're kind of pitfalls that almost everybody seems to encounter, um, that, uh, do contribute to the psychological challenges and inconsistencies. Um, one of the biggest ones is, and it's a mistake almost everybody makes, and that is going to the markets and trading with real money before you're honestly, truly ready. Okay. And what, what happens is, as soon as you start trading with real money and you're not ready, now you're wiring your brain and your, your emotional, you know, the, your body where your emotions are stored. You're, you're wiring your head and your body 
all these associations and emotional responses and triggers and all this crap's getting wired into you and it's counterproductive because you're doing it from a state of not, you know, lack of competence. And so like for me, that first year, every day I was, I mean, I was basically practicing bad trading for a year. And so that's what was getting wired into me is, okay, yeah, this is what trading's like. It is stressful. It is going to keep, you know, going, you know, up and down both, you know, my emotional state and my account balance and all that kind of stuff. And it is going to be all over the place and it is going to be stressful and all these horrible, normal things, you know, beliefs about trading and myself and all this stuff gets kind of wired into you all that whole time that you're trading and you're not getting the proper training. It's by getting the proper training that you rewire your head and your body so that now, yeah, that's that's like the big the big way that the psychological issues get resolved is because as we're going through the training, you're having a different experience. And that wow. experience is what rewires you. Got it. That, that's really powerful. And it, it makes me think back to a, a conversation we had a few days ago. And you told me about a light and maybe arguments, the wrong word, but a discussion you had with a well-known name in the industry. And you had a different <laughs> perspective on kind of the misidentification of psychology issues. So question is, a trader comes to you, they're seeking help. What is one of the first steps? And, and you could just leave it at maybe step one um, in narrowing down with accuracy the challenges that they're facing um, so they can make strides forward. Well, um, as far as diagnosing the problem, is, is that what you mean? Yeah, yep, exactly. Um, well, it's really just having the conversation, you know, with, uh, you know, finding out, you know, how they got started, uh, you know, how, what, what they've, you know, what's been going on with them, what's been their experience. Um, uh, you know, what, I mean, that really is, it's just kind of an exploratory conversation to start with, just to find out what's going on with them and what their experience has been, what kind of training they have had, you know, if they've read any books, if they've taken any courses, if they did any like three day boot camps that were totally counterproductive or stuff like that. It was hilarious and sad at the same time. There's one guy who's written an extremely famous book, got a huge name in, in the, the, like around the world. He's, he's known around the world. Um, in the financial space and just by like everybody, I guarantee you, I, I don't want to say his name because I don't want to get in trouble, but um, he, he wrote this book that everybody loves. And I, for, a, for a spell, this was back in 2010, 2011, somewhere in there. I was, I was having a whole bunch of people come to me because a company that he, that has, that had, that has his name on it was doing one of these three day weekend boot camps with people and teaching them options. And this, these were people that had never traded before. And so it's running them through this options training, three intensive days of training, and they were charging like $30,000, $50,000 in uh, all in that range, between 30 and 50 grand wow. for people to go wow. through this three-day boot camp. And it, it was like the, the biggest disservice I've ever seen in my life because they were bringing in people that had no clue what they were doing and they were just like dumping a ton of information on them. I mean, it wasn't invalid what they were doing, but the way they were doing it was just totally, it, it's like their success rate was probably zero as far as people come out of this and actually being able to do it. And they're coming to me and they're like, they were just lost. They had no clue. 
And I'm like, okay, well, we, we got to kind of start over. First thing we need to do is, you know, if you are trading now, you need to stop trading. So we're stop reinforcing the past. Uh, give yourself a break. If you're losing money, take a break from losing money. But the first thing we need to do is stop reinforcing the past. And then we want to, you know, interrupt some of the patterns of the past, um, you know, so that we can make space for the things that you need to be successful here. And so, and that I do with, with a lot of my clients is, you know, we'll have the conversation. Uh, if they are, you know, struggling to make money, if they're not making money, it's like, okay, well, take a break for a few weeks. You want to clear the space. We, we need a pattern interrupt so that, you know, we can, we can you know, start to rewire you in, in a constructive manner so that, you know, things will work and just give you a break from that stress anyway. It's, again, we want to stop reinforcing the past because if even if we go through the training, if you're still doing the same stuff you've been doing for the last five years that hasn't been working, it's going to be hard to fix it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Practice makes permanent. Yeah. So that's really usually where, where we'll start. But as far as the process that I take everybody through, that's very standard. And it usually takes like six to eight weeks. And um, like I said, it, it, it's an entirely different experience. Uh, some of the exercises that I have people do are very challenging because they've never done them before. And, but like I said, over the course of the six, eight weeks, it's like, okay, now, yeah, I actually know what I'm doing. And it, it's like the confidence level goes up from a two to a three to a four to a five. And by the end of it, they're like, yeah, I'm at a nine, Brian. I'm solid. I'm good. I'm at a nine and a half. I'm, I'm good. And that's my whole objective. So yeah, when, when we come out of it, it's like, you don't need me. You don't, you're not worried about webinars to go look at the other stra trading strategies anymore because you feel like you got to find the right strategy. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's one of the things that cracks me up. So, so many people think that it, magic's all in the strategy. And so they'll jump from, you know, webinar to webinar to webinar and they're buying strategy after strategy. And it's like, I, I mean, this one guy, he said he probably bought like 20 different strategies over the years. <laughs> he did best like I got over $100,000 in all these other trading strategies. And it's like, yeah, I got a hard drive full of strategies and I can't actually make any of them work. <laughs> so all, the, all the money that could have went into the market. Huh? Cool. So. Yeah. So just a, uh, a few more things here. This has been really awesome. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to, to re-listen to this because of all the, the nuggets here. Um, I want to switch gears just a little bit because you – you, I want to hear your perspective on what's called the focusing question. And so for the audience, um, Brian recommended a book. The book was called The One Thing by Gary Keller. Um, a huge takeaway from this book is the focusing question. Um, and this is where as goal seekers, um, we asked ourselves, what is the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary? So since this is uh, you know, one of your favorite book, Brian, what does that statement mean to you? Maybe how it applies to trading and what have you gained from this self-reflective question? Oh, I, I, that, yeah, that's one of my favorite all-time books um, because it is so incredibly useful. Um, the, well, in answer to your question, as far as, you know, uh, re with regards to trading, um, the one thing that everybody can do regarding trading that will make everything else easier or even unnecessary is decide that you're not going to put money at risk until you're truly ready. And the best way to get ready is to get help. Um, if you just plain, you, 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 who cares if you have to paper trade for two years, if you paper trade for two years and you never lose a dollar, cool. 
if you're if you're trading for two years and you're losing money the whole time, that's going to do so much psychological damage to you. It's going to be hard to recover, or it can be. Um, but if you if you just plain say I'm I'm just plain not I'm not going to put money at risk until I've got a good solid handle on this and I do know what I'm doing, and I'm I'm sure when I do start trading with real money that yeah odds are in my favor I'm good. Um, and the best way to do that if I want to do it in a reasonable period of time is to get help. You can do it on your own, but it is going to take a very long time to sort it all out. There's so much information out there and so much of it is garbage and so it is misleading. And it, it, I mean, if you're trying to do it all by yourself, plan on five years plus. Seriously, it's just, it's going to take you that long to beat your head on the rock, to sift through all the avalanche of information out there as to what's right and what's not. Um, if you get good help, you can get there in a matter of weeks or months. Um, and I, I tell people, if you're, if you're truly serious about this and you don't want it to take forever, three to six months is a very reasonable time frame to say, all right, I'll give it six months and I'm going to pursue, you know, whatever training. And at, at, at the end of six months, if I'm not pretty well, pretty close to my goal, I'm going to stop and reassess what I'm doing. Because if, if to just keep plodding along, doing the same thing over and over again, that's how people wind up losing years to this without making progress. You have to say, I'll give it a reasonable period of time, but only a reasonable period of time. And once once I hit that end of that period, if I'm not making really good progress, I'm going to stop and reassess what I'm doing. And if it just plain ain't working, maybe look for something else. But I'm, I'm not going to invest years without it working. It doesn't take that long. It shouldn't take five years. If you've been at this for five years and you're still struggling... You're doing something wrong, and you seriously need to reassess your approach because it shouldn't take Got that it. long. That's huge. And, you know, one part of that, and this is something you mentioned earlier, so I know if, if someone was listening in, they're like, what the hell, Jason? Why didn't you follow up on that? And maybe this will lead us to your, your website, which we'll go into next. But you you had talked about, in just in passing, 11 system factors that really make a solid system. Um, is that something that maybe we can find on the website? Where can individuals, and even if you want to tell us, what are the – um, where can we find information on the 11 factors our system needs to be successful? Well, generally, I'll, I'll talk in general about it um, on calls like this. As far as getting into the details of it, um, to, to, do it to do it justice, it, it, it would be like a whole other session by itself. It really would. For sure. Um, yeah. Uh, kind of like the, you know, the, you know, how to document a system, how to test a system, all that kind of stuff. I mean, and that's why the training that I do, it, it does take a little bit of time. Now, I do have a video course um, and even boiling it down as as concisely as I can, that's still about five hours to go through this basic process. Oh, wow. um, okay. Yeah. Now, the cool thing about it is, though, it, it's five hours of learning, not, not 50. So, you, you know, you listen and you do. And most of the learning is by doing. And like, because like I said, you're only, you really only learn by doing anyway. You can take in information, but of course, trading, you're only going to learn and again, develop the psychology, develop the competence and the confidence by doing. You're not going to learn that by taking You're not going to get that by taking in information. You're going to learn that by doing. And so that's why I really stress on everybody. It's like, take a look at the training that you've gotten and, you know, how confident do you feel in your ability to go to the markets and make money and not lose money? And if you're not really confident, if it's not in like an eight or a nine, like a serious, real confidence, not, you know, 
courage or cockiness, but you just plain you know you're solid. If it's not up there, then you need to take a look at your training, you know, the training that you've received and say, yeah, okay, I've got some gaps. There, there are some things that I'm, you know, I'm uncomfortable with or I don't know how to do. And that's where you need to start filling in those gaps. Um, it. And that's part of why, uh, and you'd ask, you know, as far as resources at my site, that's part of why, and, and that really is kind of the starting point is first thing you need to work on is some of your perspectives. Um, because the perspectives really guide most everything else. I, I can give you some of the tools, but if, if I don't give you the perspectives to go with them, the tools aren't, aren't going to be as effective for you. Yeah, no, that, that totally makes sense. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like when you're learning anything, you got to learn the context for things. Um, and yeah, so, apply the tools. oh yeah. Um, and that's, so that's why, that's why my site, if you go to insideouttrading.com, that's why I've got like three different reports and a couple of different, uh, video training classes that I did so that you can, you can get the context and the clarity. So as you're going through those, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm missing. Or yeah, that, this is what I've been struggling with. This is what I need to do. And so it kind of gives you all the context so that you know where to go from there. But that's kind of the starting point is just to, to take in inf- take in information. So you, as you're looking at your own situation and your own experience, you know where to go. Yeah, I, I get that. And so that, that leads me to the, your website. Um, everyone who's listening, again, this is InsideOutTrading.com. When you first get here, homepage is, is, is awesome. And I want to just read this top statement because I think this is going to uh, promote people and prompt people to want to come here even faster. Um, it says, if you want to be a, cons- a confident, consistently profitable trader, you have to fill the gaps in your trading. Learning through trial and error takes too long. Right. And I think anyone who has any experience, that message will resonate with them. Um, there are three free reports here. There are a couple master classes and just a whole host of podcast episodes as well. Um, and also the ability to book a call with Brian here on the homepage. Um, just to give you all an idea, um, the first free report is called Break the Cycle. Um, there's a, enough to be dangerous. And then the third free report is the proven formula for consistent monthly profits. So please. Um, if you want to enhance your career, um, and you've gained something from this conversation, insideouttrading.com, um, a whole bunch of resources here. Um, Brian, can you tell us, um, one, what is your handle on Twitter? And also maybe just a little bit about these free reports and masterclasses here. Yeah, on Twitter, I'm, uh, the, at the trader, Brian. And, um, as far as the free reports, um, yeah, as far as break the cycle, that really is just that's ten things that you can do if you've been trading for a while and you've you know you, you find yourself kind of stuck you know making some of the same mistakes. Um, the first one, break the cycle, is really it's it's ten things you can do to kind of give yourself a pattern interrupt to help you break some of the bad habits that you've you know you've been experiencing um, or like you know bad triggers and that kind of stuff. It, it's a pattern interrupt. It's not it's not designed to fix everything. But it's at least there to to kind of help put the brakes on what's been going wrong. Um, the second report, uh, enough to be dangerous, really kind of highlights uh, again some of the skills and perspectives that most people don't get in their training uh, to be a trader. I mean, for most people, they really don't get training on how to be a trader. They, you know, you might learn about a strategy or somebody's method. Um, and so, and it's funny cause it, I, I loved it when the, the title of that book came to me, I'd, I'd been at it for a while and I was, I, uh, been at, uh, helping traders for a while. 
and I thought it hilarious because I was in the middle of a conversation and, and had nothing to do with trading. And all of a sudden I was like, bam, that's like enough to be dangerous. That's the, fa- that's the phrase I've been looking for because that's, that's, <laughs> that's how most traders are. They get into it and they know enough to be dangerous and then they start trading with real money and they never really get to the point of being good. And then they wonder why they're struggling. It's because, yeah, you've learned enough to be dangerous, but that's it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so I get that. that's where that one came from. As far as the proven formula for consistent monthly profits, that one really, that's just, um, again, that's to, that lays out three of the main things that, you know, you run into that will cause you to struggle um, and and get the inconsistent uh, results, give you the psychological challenges that you've been fighting, and then the four things that you need to uh, really get a handle on it. Um, and if you like it in, you know, text format uh, or, you know, PDF format, you can get that there. Uh, up at the top of the page, uh, there's a link that says Consistent Profits Training, where it's a masterclass that I did. But a, a, a lot of the same same thing there. It's talking about, yeah, these are the obstacles that people run into that you don't hear about. And here's how, here's the steps to take to fix them. Um, and then the other masterclass, the science of consistency applied to trading. And that really is kind of giving you more of the quality assurance perspective. Uh, of how to apply it to trading and really have it help you get things settled down and honed in where you get that good consistency. I love it. Yeah, I make sure that I've downloaded and signed up with all the uh, the information here. Um, again, this is InsideOutTrading.com. Um, so to close this out here, um, so two things. One, um, before I, I, I close this out, is there anything else, Brian, that you feel maybe we, we glossed over or might want to mention or just anything in general? Um, well, yeah, just in general, uh, here's the thing. Trading is a skilled profession. And if you pay it the proper respect and you, you, you approach it humbly and you say, yes, it is, it is a profession and I'm starting off. I don't know everything. I, I might be smart, but I'm, I'm ignorant of some things. That, and that, so that means I still have stuff to learn and you seek out the learning that's probably the best thing you can do for yourself is don't underestimate this and don't overestimate yourself. Kind of flip the script and say, all right, I'm, 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 I'm going to treat it with the proper respect and I'm going to become the trader that I need to become. That's one of the best things you can do for yourself as far as just a mistake to avoid. Because so many people, they look at trading, it's like, yeah, easy, I get it. And they totally underestimate it and they pay a huge price for it. That's probably the, one of the biggest things just from a general standpoint. Gotcha. I love that. And so to close out here, um, let, let's sell the dream a little bit because you mentioned earlier freedom, right? And you were coming from, it sounds like the the real estate. Um, and this trading isn't an easy path. Can you talk a little bit about some of the life benefits that you've experienced because you paid the dues to be a consistent trader? Oh, well, <laughs> well, the, the, the list is actually really long. Um, some of the top benefits of getting to where you can trade and support yourself through trading. Um, yeah, the freedom. It's like uh, when I wanted to go visit my sister out in Hawaii um, and go out there for three weeks, I just pack my laptop and I go. And, you know, I take a, an hour or two a day maybe to attend to my business and my trading. And other than that, I'm on vacation. And it didn't interrupt anything because I could just take it with me. Um and that by itself is huge. Uh, <laughs> not having to drive to a job and, you know, get up and dress and pay for the gas and all the, you know, the time just going back and forth. 
um, is huge. I mean, it's kind of nice to only spend a hundred dollars a month on gasoline. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and, and that happens quite frequently. It's like, yeah, I've got, you know, it's what 10, 15 steps to my office every day. I, I don't have to, you know, put on a suit and <laughs> drive half an hour or an hour to work. Yeah, very short commute. <laughs> yeah. And well, and the best, well, the best thing about it is if you really put yourself into it, you get rewarded for your efforts. When, when I was in the corporate world, I had a good job. I had a nice paycheck. I got a bonus every year. But if I was working 35 hours a week or 65 hours a week, my paycheck didn't change. And that really pissed me off. It, it didn't matter what I contributed to the company. If, if it was nothing or it was everything, it was the same paycheck. And that really just, that totally irritated me. If I, if I, you know, bust my, bust my hump and I put in the extra hours to better myself and up my, my skill game and get better at what I'm doing, I will get paid more. And that's one of the best things about it is I have control over my, my financial situation. Well, and the other nice thing about it is with trading, you can also change how you're trading anytime you want. Um, I've tried a number of different things over the years. And at one point, uh, I, I started in futures. And at one point, I got around to trading Forex. And I loved it. And it was fun. And I made good money at it. But it totally consumed me. And it, it was on my mind all the time. I was trading at all hours of the day, every weekend. And it's like, uh, no, this is not for me. And so I just made the decision. And the following week, I'm back to trading futures. And yeah, that was flexibility. Cool. <laughs> you, you got, yeah, the flexibility is insane. And the night, well, the other nice thing about it is, let's say, you know, you only want to work six months or nine months of the year and you want to vacation the rest of the time. You can do that. Uh, most other businesses, you walk away from the business for three months or six months, your business will die. With yeah, trading, problems. with trading, you can walk away, you come right back to market, you're like, hey, how you been? You know? <laughs> and, and it doesn't skip a beat, and that's totally cool. But, you know, from, like I said, from a business standpoint, you can't beat it. You can be a solopreneur as a trader, take a break, come right back whenever you want. Markets are like, "Hey, glad you're here." <laughs> let's, let's get here. And and you just pick up where you left off, and that's so cool. Um, and that that kind of flexibility is also amazing because. Um, like my son, he, he loves trading because he likes to travel. And when he travels, he doesn't want to take his laptop. He wants to go be, you know, do whatever he's doing when he's traveling. And then when he's back home working, he's working and that's cool. So yeah, but yeah, the list of benefits is long. And the best thing about it is you get to be who you want to be and you live the life that you, you create. Um, you're not subject to really anybody or anything else. And so if you just treat it right, and you get the right help, yeah, you can have massive control over your own life, which is wonderful. That's awesome. And for everyone listening, Brian is one of those individuals that is here to help. So it's insidetrading.com or insideouttrading, my apologies, .com. Um, also um, on X, right? I'm, I'm old. I'm still calling it Twitter, but I guess it's X. Um, Facebook and LinkedIn, you can find them as well. And then on YouTube, Brian, what's the YouTube channel? <laughs> Actually, it's funny you ask. Uh, well, no, Google changed it on me a few a while back, and it totally screwed oh, me yeah. up. With the handle changed. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, it's at Prager Brian. Right, Brian uh, I, I had to look it up real quick just to just to confirm. Yeah, uh, it's just at Trader Brian. Uh, Perfect. Or just Google Brian McAvoy, it, you'll find me. So, but yeah, awesome. at Trader Brian. And I've got about 107 videos that go back. Uh, some of them are old and really crappy videos of me when I was a much younger man. But uh, <laughs> there's a lot of helpful ones that I've made over the last couple of years. So <laughs> That's good stuff. Wonderful. Well, we appreciate all of the time that you've spent. A um, lot of information to digest. We'll probably have to do this again because this is, is so informative. Um, but for today, thank you for joining me on the Trading and Ascension podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, man. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's been helpful for everybody. And for everybody listening, I applaud you for taking the time to grow and develop yourself as a trader. So good job. Thank you for joining us today on the Consistent Profits Podcast, brought to you by Inside Out Trading. Make sure to swing by Inside Out Trading and pick up your copy of The Proven Formula for Consistent Monthly Profits. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe on your favorite channel, and we'll see you on the next episode. Cheers.